Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. I want to go to our opening text, our anchor text for the series, Exodus 25, 22. I'm just going to read that first bit, uh, that first line there. And there I will meet with thee and I will commune with thee from above the mercy seat. That's what we're trying to do. That's the process. That's, that's the goal. That's the big picture is for us to meet with God. I, I, want, I want us to understand what prayer really is. Prayer is not us getting our stuff, right? Although 99% of our prayers is asking for stuff. <laughs> Help me, God. Give me this. Get me through this. And that, that's fine. That's appropriate. We are, we're, we're told to talk about those stuff. We're, we're challenged. Even Jesus says, ask, right? Seek, knock. Those things are biblical. All those things are appropriate. But <laughs> the point of prayer is for us to have relationship. That's it. I, I'm going to just say this. The greater the relationship, number one, the stuff that you think matters in life diminishes. Your prayers for necessities diminish because of, of the relationship you have with him. The reason that works out is because when you pray diligently, when you pray in a relationship focused and based type of prayer, okay, he meets your needs before you ask for your needs. Yes, right? Seek ye first, right? The kingdom. If you have that, if you have that desire, or everything else is going to fit into place. And so this is the point of this entire series. It's not just to meet needs. It's to know him. It's to commune with him. It's to meet him above that mercy seat. And so let's go ahead and bow our heads before we go any further and ask God to bless us. God, thank you. Thank you for this time we have. Thank you, Lord, for God being in our midst. I believe that wholeheartedly that you're in the house today. I believe God that you desire relationship Lord more than anybody in this room that you want us to know you walk with you talk with you commune with you and meet you God I pray help us help us as we stick to this process help us Lord as we put one foot in front of the other God the way you ordained it the way you put it into place God help me your teacher today we give you all praise we give you all honor in your name I pray in Jesus name amen and amen praise God praise God you may be saved Thank you, Lord. You know, the wilderness tabernacle, the reason I say wilderness tabernacle, because we know that there was this tabernacle that they used during the wilderness era uh, that Israel was traveling. And then there was also the temple that Solomon built. And it was a brick and mortar foundation that Solomon built. But it was fashioned after the same blueprints and the, uh, the same layout as that tabernacle. So I want us to understand this, that Revelations 
15 and 5 tells us something interesting. It says, And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. Meaning this, that there is, there is a tabernacle in heaven. There is this exact, if you put that picture back up there, if you would, please. If you put that, if you look at that, that structure is in heaven. So what does that mean for us? That means that if it's in heaven, it needs to be important in earth. It needs to be important not just here in, on, on just the ground, but in my spirit, in my soul. I need to understand that as I move forward, that pattern is so vital to the promises of God. And some of our prayers are not being answered because we're not sticking to the pattern. And I, I want to have, I want to obtain that finished product. Again, we've talked about this church many, many times going to the next step what that looks like we've prayed I've prayed <laughs> I know many of you are praying about what that looks like we've looked and sought Lord give us a building already built and and you know a structure already ready for us to move into and every time we've tried to uh, do that last year it was just a closed door after a closed door but we've we've come upon some property and you know we're praying about that particular property I know I am uh, and I want us to understand understand what that property represents. It represents building something new. It, it represents building a, a space that it's really undefined in some way for us, but it is still something that you need a blueprint for. We're going to have to have blueprints in order to build that structure. All right. So therefore, you uh, we won't get contractors to just work for us without blueprints. We won't get excavators to do things without blueprints. That structure will not be built without a blueprint. Henceforth, what we're trying to get from God will not be built without a pattern. Right. We need to stick to the blueprint that God gave us, and that is this tabernacle. That is this process. And I want us to, I want us to understand as we move forward, it's easy, if you could put the picture of that outer court for me, it is easy, again, we mentioned this last lesson, to live in the outer court. All right? It's easy to live in the outer court because the outer court is all about self, self-interest, self selfishness we're bringing all only ourselves to the outer court we're experiencing things there in the outer court because we have access to the outer court all right and so i want us to understand that moving forward it's a different mindset it's a different walk with god it's a different pressure i put upon myself to know him and to meet him and so i want us to understand that it was only the priests. Thank you for putting that picture of the inner court. It is only the priests that were allowed to enter into the inner court. And so we are going to, from here on, start focusing on that process of what it takes to get in that special room, in that special place, and that special space with God. And so an interesting thing that God gave instructions about building the, uh, the, building the tabernacle is that he gave detailed instructions around the furniture before he gave the dimensions of of the of the building itself yeah. and so think about this for a second um, how many of you bought your house based on your couch that you own really oh well, all right there we go that's good all right 
It's not typical, is it? How about your first house? Did you care about your the, the size? Of course, your first house. It was like you're just looking for a space. And then typically we all do the same, right? We buy that new space and we, man, this will fit here. And we need it. Oh, that doesn't fit here. We'll find something that does. Well, that's not the case with God. God. He gave us the instructions for the pieces of furniture before he gave us the dimensions of the building itself. And so why that's important is that, that again, we are focusing on the fact that God has this structure. Yes, it's in a building, but at the same time, it's about what these things mean. What each piece of furniture means is so important and so vital that, that is the, that's the focus of his prayer, not the building around it, not the structure around it, not the covering around it. It was the fact that each piece of furniture was the focus of it all. Today's society, we always are going to buy the house typically first then go buy the furniture to fit our homes. And with the things of God, I say that again, with the things of God, we must fit our lives around those things. I've got to fit my life around this prayer. Can I say it that way? Could you imagine praying this prayer so fervently and it becomes your priority every single day? It becomes the thing that you say, you know what, I, I, I know I've got work, but man, I've got to, uh, I could probably pray this a little bit here, a little bit there. That's probably the normal response. But what if it was flipped? What if we said we, before we're going to bed, it's on our mind, I've got to wake up two hours early. I've got to, I've got to fit this prayer in before I fit the rest of my life in. So that's the type of relationship I want to have with God. And so moving forward, this is the type of desire David had. Look what he says in Psalms 104. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's what we're supposed to do when we come to this tabernacle prayer. That's the first, th keep the first thing first. Amen. We need to make sure that I'm giving thanksgiving and that I'm giving praise as I'm entering the space. For me, that's exactly what I try to do. I walk into my time of prayer and I say, God, thank you for allowing me to know you. Thank you, God, for what you've been doing. Thank you, God. Uh, even in the hard times, God, I count it all joy. Right? right? God, thank you. I want to praise you as I enter in this place. And then I go to the first piece of furniture. What is that? The altar of sacrifice. Go to that first piece of furniture. And I say, God, crucify this flesh. God, kill this sin. God, I'm sorry. God, forgive me. God, I need, I need righteousness. Not my righteousness, your righteousness. All other righteousness is self-righteousness. I need your righteousness. I pray, I pray the wrong in me if you would kill it. I pray that the error in me, the ego, the pride, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Go ahead and kill it, God. I don't want I want to be crucified flesh. Man, I heard an incredible message not long ago about crucified flesh. Crucified flesh is dead. It does not react to bitterness. Does not react to attack. It does not react to people saying things about you because flesh is dead. He makes a point when that spear went into the side of Jesus. Jesus never winced. He never screamed out. He didn't speak a single thing. Why? Because he was crucified. All right. 
crucified flesh. That's what we need here at this altar of sacrifice. That's what I'm praying. God, there's too many people in my life who want to start fights with me. <laughs> Crucify this flesh. <clears throat> then I go to that labor. And I talked about that last lesson. God, I get my Bible. I open it up and I'm like, Lord, help me to see my faults. Help me put on a lens of repentance as I read the scripture. Help me understand what I'm reading that, God, you can show me my errors and show me the things I'm, I'm ignoring. I'm asking God to wash my hands there. I'm asking God to, uh, as the priests were mandated, wash these hands, that these hands represent service. God, I pray, I forgive my service. If I've mishandled anything, God, forgive me. If I, if I, if I hurt somebody with my service, forgive me. I ask God to wash Wash my feet, wash my conduct, wash my walk. God, forgive me if I've walked un, un, uh, unrighteously. Forgive me if these steps were, they, they stepped out of your order, right? How many of you have one of those moms who had a little garden, they put those little concrete little foot pads that you had to, to walk on to navigate the, the flower beds and all those types of things. How many of you stepped out of those things before, right? Come on now, we've all stepped out of our order before. God, I, I want to I be in your order. Wash, wash me, purify me. Then I start to also pray, God, ready me to be a priest. Ready me to, to live an inner court relationship, not just an outer court relationship. Right. Let me tell you, we've all, we're all, we all have access to the, to the outer court, but it's a mindset it's a drive within you. It's a hunger inside you that needs to be insatiable that says, I want to know who God is at the end of this road. And so I push myself. I ask God to help me and, and, and change my mindset. And I begin to enter the door into the holy place. And it's important that we understand that by changing our garment, just like the priest did, we're saying that I'm not going to walk and talk like I used to. Amen? I'm not going to be that same foolishness that just comes to church and just sits on pews only and allows other people to minister to me. I am going to go deeper in you. I am not going to wait till a Sunday to feel the goosebumps of the Lord. I am going to get a hold of God on a Monday, a Tuesday, a Wednesday, a Thursday, a Friday. That's right, a Saturday. And even my God, a Sunday. I, every single day I'm going to do it. And so I, I'm going to look different and I'm going to act different. I'm going to walk holy. I'm going to talk holy. That's the, that's the deal with being a priest. You have to be separated. And if you're going to be separated, you might as well get the benefits of separation. I pray to God that he strengthens my shoulders, my back, my body for the great weight of his high calling to be a priest. I think about my pastor, my bishop. I think about the burden that they had when it came to my life. It's a burden of a priest that you put on. And I pray God strengthened my relationship to bear it. Then I go to the door and I look at the door here and there's five posts. Each post held the entrance to the next level and dimensions to knowing God. And here is really uh, one place in this prayer that is not necessarily rooted uh, deep into scripture and symbolism, but at the same time, it just fits really well. And this is why we pray it this way. For instance, Jesus says this in John 10 and 9, I am the door. 
By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And since Jesus is that door, we are motivated to understand him even more. Amen? He's that door. So in, in, in order to know him, I want to pray to know him. I want to pray to know his attributes. I want to pray to know his characteristics. And really, the revelation is wrapped up into one verse here in Isaiah 9 and 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God the everlasting father and the prince of peace these five posts that I want to emphasize today it's kind of I want you to view it almost like a, like a name tag hanging over the door right how many of you have ever been to an office and you have you have an office plate and you know which door that person uh, is is in and you you just okay you feel confident in knocking on that door and walking inside that door I mean I've had, I remember when I first had one of those jobs where they gave me an office plate. I thought, man, I have obtained, I've made it. People can know me now. <laughs> I remember when I left that job, I took that office plate with me. I have it in a box in my home. I don't know where to put it. I'm, I'm still dwelling on it. I'm, sometimes I thought about just putting it right at my desk so my kids know who they're talking to. <laughs> That's how I want the mentality of when I walk up to the first post. The first post, I'm focusing on the fact that he's wonderful. Yes. Psalm 77, 11 says, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. The psalmist says this in 89 and 5. He says, And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Here at this post, I focus only on the fact that he's wonderful. I thank him with a heart of gratitude. I give him, I give him great praise of the things that he has amazed me by, the things that he's wowed me by, the things that he's, he's surprised me by, right? How many of you have, has, uh, have had God do something amazing in your life? undescribable stuff healing in the body uh, maybe it's a financial blessing that came your way at the right time in the right moment and maybe maybe it's a it's an answer to a prayer that you've been praying for years and God orchestrated and finally you have this revelation and you see all the pattern of how he has laid it before and it's his his goodness has come to fruition I'm amazed by those things right the, that's where I'm like, God, I, my Lord, I want to know a God that, that takes me off my feet. Yeah. I want to know a God that surprises me. I don't want to serve a God that is bland, that is milk toast, that is somebody who has no strength or someone that has no surprise. In I want a God that surprises me by his presence. And here, and this is in this place is where you're amazed. You're wowed at how great God is to you. This place I tell God how wonderful he is and how wowed I am by him and how taken back I am by his mercy towards me. I thank him there for being wonderful to me, being wonderful to my family, being wonderful to my life, being wonderful to people in this church. Yeah. I thank him for his wonderful presence he poured out on us in our last service. I thank him for those wonders of old. You know what wonders of old is? Your testimony. I thank God for where he brought me from. 
Man, if you've got a problem trying to figure out what to pray about, just think about his grace and his mercy on your life. Go ahead and go ahead and know it. Write it down on a piece of paper if you have to. You don't deserve him. And the fact that he's willing to talk to you is um, it's, it's wonderful and amazing by itself. I thank God for yesterday. I think, my God, what a wonderful turn we had of people come out, the church, the church body who came out and answered the call to go to a park in Camden and, and just be present and pray in those streets and just pray that God be God and begin to plant a seed of faith in that area. I'm grateful. I, I'm I'm just blown away by that. I don't know. We had probably over 20 of us church members there who were in that place. I thought to myself, my God, that's awesome. I'm amazed by those things. Second post I go to, he's a counselor. Amen. Isaiah 11 and 2. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. And the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear of the Lord. Psalms 1 and 1 tells us an interesting thing. It says, Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Right. Here I pray that God give me counsel, but also to direct my path. I pray that that particular verse, Psalms 1 and 1, tells us that there's the counsel of the ungodly, which also emphasizes this. There's got to be the counsel of the godly. Yeah, yeah. I pray God help me, help me be in tuned with, with those who know your word. Right. Help me to have relationship with my elders. Yeah. Help me to walk worthy and side by side with your servants. Yeah. I pray God put me in same footstep and same cadence as my bishop. I pray these things, these, these people over my life, these spiritual individuals who I go to and find favor and counsel, I pray God help me to have a stronger relationship. Allow them, God, to speak into my life. Can I tell you this, that some of us, one of the great things is that we wish that someone mentor us, right? That someone speak a word into our lives. But I'll tell you the truth. It's not that you don't have a mentor. It's that you're not willing to open yourself to a mentor. Right. So you're willing to be honest say, I need, I need your advice. I need your guidance in my life. Right. I need someone to help me veto some decisions, right? I hope you have someone like that. I know I do. I call him my pastor. My pastor, I go to him, and if I'm thinking a certain way, and I share that with him, and he's like, no, I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. I'm like, done. It's off the table. I flip the table. (laughs) Why? Because I know his counsel is godly. His counsel is wise, and he's he's more than earned that position in my life because he's been there every single time, and he's got a track record for every time I've been obedient that I've, I've followed through. So I also pray here, just like that first text we read in Isaiah 11 and 2, I I ask God to help me have understanding and wisdom. God, allow the spirit of wisdom and understanding and the counsel and the might and the knowledge and the fear of the Lord to rest upon me. I ask God to give me wise counselors in my life, bishops that guide me and teach me. I pray that God give me the counsel I need to lead my family and this church. 
I ask God to give you, some of you who I know are going through things that, that you're, you're weary about, you're, you're facing a decision. I go to God saying, God, counsel them. God, help me to help them any way I can. If I can speak a word of wisdom in their life, if I can help direct them, I pray those prayers there. I also pray that God just, just speak clearly to me. Speak, speak in a way where I can hear him. Amen? Because, man, that's what we need nowadays. We need a clear voice from God to tell us what we need to do. The third thing I go to, the third post is mighty God. Deuteronomy 7.21, Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. Here I pray that God give me an understanding of how mighty he really is. Can I... Can I be truthful with you and I think to myself we don't get the things we want because of our faith is so small in God we, we don't understand how vast and how strong he is how mighty he is how, how powerful he is if we, can get a, if we can get a glimpse of his might if we can just get a portion another, another dimension of understanding of who he is I, I, we would have different we'd have a different prayer life altogether. We would face problems completely different. We would, we would focus a little bit better. We would look at God in such a way that we know that he is for us. And if he's for us, who can be against us? Why are we fearful about these finances? Why are we fearful about these issues? Why are we fearful about these circumstances when we serve a mighty God who's for us? I ask God here to break the box of my understanding of his identity and power. I pray that not only do I see his might, but that my problems see his might. <laughs> problems, look who you're picking on. Look who's for me. I pray that God take care of my finances, the church finances. I pray that God tears down strongholds here right 2nd Corinthians 10 4 for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds I pray using spiritual weapons the name of Jesus the blood of Jesus and his word that's the weapons you have afforded to you how many of you have been casting the blood where it needs to go how many of you have been applying the word where it needs to be applied Come on, we, we need to understand that we have a name like no other name. And we need to use that name. And I pray that his will be done and not mine here at this post. I don't want my feeble will, my weak will, my insufficient knowledge will to be done. I want a mighty God will to be done. Amen? I pray that God's expectations, his expectations be met at this post. Not my expectations, right? My mind is small and feeble. I don't need any amens today about that. But <laughs> we all have very limited understanding, but a God who knows all, there's nothing hidden from him. Could you imagine if you would allow him to be the source of your expectation? Yes. I go to the next post, the everlasting father. First Corinthians 8 and 6 says this, but to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things and we in him and one Lord Jesus Christ by whom are all things and we 
by him. I pray that God be a father to me. Give me that child-father relationship, love, and promise that he has for me. I pray that God put on the ring and the robe of promise, just like he did the prodigal son. I pray he pulls me in and embraces me with his outstretched love. I pray, I pray prayers just like a prodigal does, and I ask God to even forgive me again and welcome me in into his household. I pray, I pray a, a relationship type of walk with him. Can I, can I say this, that um, <clears throat> we have gotten away of praying to the Father appropriately. And how did we do that? It's, it's because of the overcorrection of our oneness. And what I mean by that, and hopefully I can explain this, is that because we're so ingrained <laughs> to battle false doctrine, we're so ingrained, we've seen a revelation. A hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. We see that. And we see the, the continuity all through Scripture that Jesus is that God. We see in Philippians that he was in the form of God and thought it robbery, right? He made himself in the form of a servant. Okay? We see that this same God became man. And when he died, <laughs> he's still God. We see that. We have those revelations. We see that when Matthew 28, 19 tells us, when Jesus said to them in that, in that closed room, and he says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Spirit. All those, all, all those things there that we're not confused. He didn't say names, <laughs> right? He said name. And we also see the continuity that's in Acts and every, every time, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, you see it over and over again that they spoke one name. Right? But here's the deal. Because we're constantly fighting this false doctrine, we forgot what Jesus in instructed us to do. Is how we're supposed to pray. What did he say when they came to him? How should we pray? And they said, what? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Not our Son, Jesus, who's the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? Here's the point, is that we have gotten so wrapped up, and this is, don't take this the wrong way, because I know I just talked about the mighty God's name. We have access to his name. But man, how many of you have a father and you call him by, by his first name all the time? I don't. I don't call my dad Gabe. <laughs> I'd have to duck and dodge if I, if I got too close. <laughs> call him dad because why relationship All right. All right. now I know his name and maybe I have to use it somewhere later on in life but you have to understand we need to get back to the place where we're praying the way Christ instructed us and if Christ who being our father tells us to pray this way then we need to have that, that relationship with the Father again. This does not diminish the understanding of your oneness. You hear me? 
You're still praying in Jesus' name who he is, but you are going to him in a different way. Could you imagine, could you put yourself in, in that understanding for a moment that you are saying, Dad, I love you. Dad, I need you. Father, I need you. Father, help me. It's a different relationship. It's a different, it's a totally different uh, connection with God when you understand that we're to cry what? Abba, Father. Not Abba, Jesus. Abba, Father. We are, we are focusing on the Father. That's who he is all together to us. He's our Father. And so when I get here to this everlasting Father, I'm asking God, renew my relationship with you. Help me approach you the way you want to be approached. Help me see you as my Father. Because here's the deal, just like Jesus talked about. He, if a son comes to ask a father for any good gifts, does he give him a serpent? Does he give him terrible things? No, he gives him, he gives him some treasures. He gives him some great things. That's what, oh, that's what we have access to. We have an access to our Heavenly Father that hopefully we have a sound relationship that I can go to him and ask him things. I also pray for my brothers and sisters who are struggling, my, my, my members of, of, of the family. Can I say it that way? Members of my family, not just my biological, but my spiritual families. I call out their names. I pray that God brings healing from backsliding here. Hosea 14 and 4 says it this way, I will heal their backsliding. I will love them freely, for mine anger is turned away from him. I, I want us to understand that's what backsliding is. It can be healed. Yeah. You know why people leave? Because of offense. And offense is hurt. Offenses are open wounds. And they fester out there in that world. And they're, they're not healing. They're only being opened wider. And that's exactly what they need. They need a healing to come back into the house. I pray that God reminds me as a son that stayed that I am protected from a spirit of anger. From frustration against my brother and sister's return. I pray that God reminds me that as that son that stayed... At the, at the home with the Father that he is reminded that thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine. Can I just speak to those who are still in the church today? You have much to be grateful for. You, you did not lose anything by not going outside those four walls and saying, you know what, I'm going to live for this world. I promise you, you have it all. The last post I go to is the Prince of Peace. Philippians 4 and 7 says this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. I pray for peace for my family and my church here. I pray, for, I pray that God speaks the word, that words of peace. Peace be still to my situations. I pray for peace for my family, friends that are going through hardships. I pray for peace for families who've lost loved ones. I recently heard yesterday, got news that there was a lady who uh, was a backslidden lady here in, in, who lived in the area. And I received a phone call from um, her sister who's out of Michigan. And she uh, talked to her pastor who... Um, knew me, who I went to Bible college with, 
and said, is there anybody in the Columbia area? And he says, yeah, my friend's there. And he, he pastors a church in that area. Maybe you can connect with him. And so this lady who lives in, in Michigan calls me and says, hey, pastor, I'm, my sister's in Columbia and she has a, uh, an infection in her leg and she's in the hospital today. And in the next day, she's having her leg removed. And she's, she's been backslidden. And I just wanted to see if there's any way that you would pray for her uh, or visit her. And I said, absolutely. So I got in my vehicle and I drove over to the hospital, went in there and I met her. And uh, I spoke with her and I prayed with her. And I introduced myself the best way I could. And I left. And then when, after the surgery, I went back and I checked on her as well and, and talked with her again. And, and, and just through the communication, the process, I encouraged her. I told her, hey, listen, we want to be a church who's there for you. If you need any meals, if you need anything, let us know. We don't want you to take on that, that, that hardship of trying to hop around on one leg anymore. Amen. Amen. And so we, we, we want to be a help to you. And they said, well, I'm actually going, moving back up to Michigan just for the physical therapy portion to be with my sister. Then I'm coming back here and then I'm coming to this church. I said, well, we, 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 want you to, we want you to find a home and we want to let you know that we're here for you any way we possibly can. I just got news yesterday. She passed away. Um, uh, I'm not re there's no real reason why I understand why she passed away. Maybe an infection something happened but <clears throat> I reached out to her boyfriend who she's been living with for a long time um, here in, in town and I sent him a message saying we're praying for him I, I pray for peace yeah. Amen. <laughs> peace in that situation God you knew all things you, you know when it was going to happen but God I pray a peace that just somehow somehow it passes understanding somehow God I don't know where it comes from but I'm able to get up one more day I'm able to live just one more day. I'm able to put a foot in front of the other, walk a little bit further. I just need that type of peace in my life, peace in our families, peace in our marriages, peace in our children. I pray for peace from all sickness. Amen? Amen. I pray God's healing on bodies. I pray, God, by your stripes we're healed. And, God, there are people in our midst and that are dealing with unrest in their bodies. And I ask God for peace. I pray here that God bring divine healing and end the war of hurt and discomfort. I lastly pray here that God stops the storm. Yeah. Yeah. After I've done all that, he's a wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Let me tell you what, you've, you've, you've prayed for everybody. You've prayed for everything. You've, you've touched on so much, but there's still so much more. Can I tell you, you're only at the door. <laughs> I love that. You're only at the door. If that ain't the truth about Christ... I don't know what is. That I can meet all these needs just at the door. And who knows what else I get from him as I press myself forward. Let's all stand. If we want to know God and go through the door, stay to the pattern and process. I promise you your relationship is going to go to a whole nother level when you stick to this process. When we pray this way, let me tell you what, we're leaving that outer court, which is flesh which is me. Go ahead and poke yourself. It's like flesh. It's me. And now I'm entering into the inner court, which is him. He's the inner court.
I'm entering into real relationship with him. I'm excited to talk about this even further. You're going to begin, I'm, I'm telling you right now, you're going to begin having new revelations. Chains and addictions are going to start falling off you like they should have a long time ago that you prayed about at altars and as you're washed in the waters of that labor. You've been praying, God, these addictions come off you, but they haven't because you have you stopped short. There are things, there's so many things that our prayers are just in a waiting room in the outer court. Let's take it to the next level. Let's bow our heads together. God, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing and who you are. Thank you for your strength, your might. My God, I thank you, Lord, that you're wonderful. My God, I'm taken back by your goodness to us. I'm taken back. I'm, I'm amazed by what you've done in my life. I'm amazed by your mercy and your grace over us. God, I pray, counsel us. Give us that spirit of wisdom and understanding. Renew a, renew a fear. Renew some knowledge. God, I pray, guide us. Order our steps, Lord. Mighty God, I pray, break the box of our faith. Help us know who you really are. Help us, oh God, understand your strength and your might in our lives. I pray everlasting Father, my dad, I pray, give us good gifts today. I pray, oh Lord, open your heart to us. I pray, oh Lord, heal backsliders right now. Heal wounds that are open in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you now to bring peace. Bring peace upon us. Bring a rest upon us. You bring a healing peace upon us, Lord. As we move forward today in the service, God, I pray, help us to know you even more. God, we give you great thanks, great honor. In your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 